0: You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. At the UPS Store, we want to make this summer the summer of shipping. Summer ship a so you can start crossing items off your must-ship list, like the vintage film camera your college kid needs for class, or the vase you told your mom you would send her ages ago. And with our pack-and-ship guarantee, your items arrive safe or we reimburse you. So stop by your local store today for everything you need to be unstoppable. Visit the upsstore.com guarantee for full details. Available
1: at participating locations. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. delighted to welcome Gerd Loyal back to the podcast. Gerd is a food writer, future food consultant and Olive's regular trends columnist. He also curates the online platform Mother Tongue, celebrating food stories of migration and race, and is currently writing his first book exploring second generation Indian identity through food, due to publish in March 2023. Hello. Hello. How's the writing going?
0: It's good. Nice to be back. Um, Yeah, it's going really well. I've uh, given in the words for working on the pictures, but... uh, yeah, it's exciting to talk about other people's books, not I was gonna mine say, today. So, so
1: ne- next year, you can come back and talk yeah, sure. all about your book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for for this episode of the podcast, you're going to share with us your favorite top ten. Books for summer yeah, twenty twenty-two. Um there's some great stuff out there. I've just been looking through the list. Absolutely. We're gonna rattle through it double quick Will we? speed. <laughs> oh, and hopefully, really hopefully give people lots of inspiration for what what to go and what to buy. And um, yeah. Let's start with the first one because this is um a previous um you and the Jane Grigson scholarship, which I, I guess gives you the space and time and a bit of money to, yeah. write, to write the book this is a previous winner Riaz Phillips tell us about his book
0: uh, yeah Riaz was this year's winner actually yeah. um, he uh, this is an incredible book actually it's called West Winds by Riaz Phillips Um Riaz uh, was born and raised in London. Mm. Um and uh, this is a real book that sort of celebrates his Jamaican heritage. Yeah. Um and it's got it's full of tales, it's sort of dishes, it draws on memories of him being of the Caribbean diaspora a bit um, in London and then yeah. his time spent living in Jamaica as well. He's a really interesting voice. Yeah. Um, and I think what's great about this book is it really dives into kind of the history of Caribbean food heritage across the country. Um and really what he's trying to do is kind of unpick the mysteries around Caribbean food. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff around kind of the um, ITAR vegan cuisine, loads around fermentation, preservation and kind of raw foods. It's such a unique book and told from, I think, a really sort of unique perspective, which is, I think, why he won the uh, win the Jane Grigson this year. Yeah. Um the recipes also are so delicious. Yeah. Just so good. There's the ones that I have got my eye on are, there's an oxtail and butter beans.
1: Oxtail and butter beans. Fantastic comfort food, isn't it?
0: Delicious. There's there's things like a jackfruit stew. There's a jerk chicken. But the recipe, so I'm going to give you one summer recipe for each, uh, each of these books. Fantastic, I love books. this. Now, yeah. the one that has, I think, is the must try for summer is the stuffed crab back, mm. which is just a. Really delicious looking recipe, really summary. So what he does is he sort of empties the crab shells of the meat and then he kind of mixes them through with sort of allspice seasoning, with coriander, with spring onions, pepper, loads of butter. There's a little bit of coconut at the end and then that all kind of gets mixed up and then put back into the crab shell and is sprinkled with chives. And then a huge spritz of lime at the end it's like summer in a dish i want to eat it right now just looking at the picture Um, and all
1: and all of those caribbean flavors as well like you said the scotch bonnet. yeah absolutely yeah yeah. purpose seasoning and it just kind of but applied to that really gorgeous fresh crab meat yeah it's
0: got this that freshness that sort of caribbean flavor profile to it yeah and i think it's the allspice in particular and the scotch bonnet mixed together which gives it that um that real jamaican flavor it looks delicious. Amazing. Must try for the summer.
1: Cool. So that one's out now. That's great. Um, and then on to something which is a little more, um, I guess, seasonal, because she does she does work quite a lot with seasonal ingredients, doesn't she? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So the next one is uh, The Last Bite by Anna Hyam. Now, First thing with this book is it's one of those books where I kind of want to buy a second copy to just frame because it's so beautiful. I mean, the cover itself is just completely, uh, it's like one of the most beautiful books I think I've seen in a long time. So um, Anna's a really uh, interesting chef. She's a award-winning pastry chef. Um, She trained at Ramsey and um, iconic restaurants like Gramercy Tavern. Lyles and Floor, And she actually most recently was the executive pastry chef for the River Cafe. Okay, So like a really high pedigree, probably one of the most talented pastry chefs in London and therefore the world, arguably. Yeah. Um, what I love about this um, is it's about having a whole new approach to dessert throughout the year. Mm. Um, so she really sort of plays with seasonal ingredients, innovative flavor combinations. Um but the thing that I really love most about it is that she sort of makes you engage all your senses when you're thinking about desserts yeah. and it's a really interesting approach because she sort of throughout the whole book really makes you think about cooking desserts in the same way that you would think about cooking savory food. Yeah. So it's a real it's a real sort of it's a small nuance, but actually it sort of just shifts your entire way of Constructing a dessert, thinking about the different components, thinking about seasoning, about acid, about kind of the amount of salt to put in. Delicious recipes. There's over 150 of them. Um, some I love the look. Um, the looks of are... There's a roasted peach with peach sorbet. Yeah. Um, there's an olive oil ice cream with rosemary. But the one, the recipe that's really <laughs> caught my eye um, is... The Cherry Blossom Steamed Sponge with Sweet and Pickled Cherries. It looks
1: incredible. It
0: just looks incredible. So this is one of those recipes that I think really summarizes the book because it's a real celebration of the summer season. And Mm. what she does is she... Has this incredible steam sponge which has loads of almond through it um it has a sort of cherry blossom vinegar which she teaches you how to make
1: mm. and it has a
0: really interesting spice called malab have you ever cooked I've with never, malab? i've never come across it. no it's a really interesting spice it's often used in middle eastern desserts and it is made from the seeds of the cherry tree oh
1: wow
0: so what i think is incredible about this is that it you know as a dish it's a real celebration of cherries but She's gone to the extreme of having the cherry tree seed all the way through to kind of the sweet pickled and um, sort of in season cherries at the end. And mm. she also creates this incredible sort of cherry dressing. The great thing about it is you can make the sponge, you can just make the pickled cherries, you can just make the cherry dressing and use it as a salad dressing.
1: Yeah,
0: It's really kind of deconstructing desserts in the way that you would savoury food. Um, and it's just so beautiful.
1: I mean, her flavours are incredible. That sounds like a fascinating book and definitely one to buy for a friend who's just really into desserts because it like you said thinking about it in a completely different way it approaches it from a completely different way doesn't completely, it i love that completely okay yeah love that one and on to the next um previous guest of the podcast Romy gill who's f- fabulous um she came on to talk about her her last book Zaika, which was a celebration yeah. of indian vegan Absolutely. food yeah um,
0: so, what's the new one about? So, Romy, yeah, she's—I mean, she's a brilliant um, sort of British Indian chef. She um, is quite regular on things like Ready, really Study, Cook. She's even she's even a wooden MBE for um, for her sort of services to food. She, her last book was again you know, this celebration of uh, vegan recipes across India, but this one really deep dives into the cuisine of Kashmir and Ladakh. Mm. So, a really unique and very little explored part of the yeah. world. Um, and I think this is actually what's really exciting about. Um, books, particularly about places like Southeast Asia and a sort of Latino countries at the moment, is they're really deep diving into the regionality.
1: Regionality, yeah, it's really big. It's really yeah. big at the
0: moment. And I, I know that you had Monica Gordwan on yeah. previously, and <laughs> her book, Tali, is just a huge celebration of
1: yeah. the
0: whole spectrum of cuisines that make up India. Um, and what I love is that Romy's just taking that a step further and really going into um, Kashmir and Ladakh. It's a really fascinating part of the world. And this um, this book really is sort of a first-hand deep dive into that. Um, mm. What I love about the cuisine is that it's got this mix of like Mughal, Persian, Afghani and sort of Central Asian flavours with this kind of North Indian sort of vibe to it. So it feels very familiar in some ways, but also it's totally Surprising. unique.
1: Yeah, there's there's stuff in there I had to flick through earlier and there's stuff in there that I've just i've just never come across no, before no, and that's absolutely. what's really fascinating yeah. about it like you said the deep diving yeah. into it and the the micro yeah you know, yeah of yeah, that, yeah of that sort of area exactly that she's, that yeah. she's doing i love she's that she's really
0: she's really dipped into it i mean it's a beautiful book she traveled there i think over lockdown um which is incredibly adventurous i don't, can't <laughs> yeah. even imagine the the you know literally, the logistics of yeah. she probably climbed, yeah. but um some of the recipes I love in this, there's things like Momo's, there's a Kashmiri Rogan Josh. Um, mm. The one that's really caught my eye though is uh, there's a bottle gourd summer squash cooked in yogurt. Wow! So this is really unique. Um, bottle gourd. Have
1: you cooked a bottle gourd or used it I, before? Y- You've got me you again. You've got me again. <laughs> bottle gourd yeah. is not something. What, what is it
0: exactly? Um, a bottle gourd. They're, always, they're quite funny. I... My mum used to cook with them a lot growing up and I always used to yeah. think they looked like green moomins. So if you ever see something in a store, in an Indian supermarket or kind of a Turkish mm-hmm. supermarket in particular, that looks like a green mumin, yeah. that's probably a,
1: gourd. A,
0: a, a bottle gourd of some sort. Um, but a really unique recipe. Um, she sort of chops up the bottle gourd yeah. um, or the summer squash. They are fried and kind of golden brown. And then it's really sort of made into this sort of it's like gently simmering curry. It's a really quick dish, but incredible spices like cinnamon, clove, um, cardamom, cumin, a bit of fennel, uh, ground, turmeric. And then it's mixed through with Greek yogurt. So mm. this really interesting idea of cooking things in yogurt. Um, and then it's finally sprinkled with some black cumin seeds, which I just love the taste yeah. of. Um,
1: you touched on something there, which is the simplicity, because that that's the third one I've looked at in the book this afternoon, where... It's almost just a paragraph, yeah. uh, which I love. Such that's
0: a short recipe. My kind of recipe. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so, and every step is like cook for two minutes, three minutes, and then it's done. So um, just
1: really like getting all those flavours together and yeah, completely. treating it really simply. Fantastic. I love that one. And then on to the next one. I'm going to let you tell me how to pronounce her first name. <laughs> this is,
0: I think I might be saying it wrong, but it's Ishta Belfrage. Ishta, that's Ishter. it, yeah. Uh, and her book is uh, called Mezcla, which... Um, is i think one of the most exciting books so the the sort of The subheading to this book is Recipes to Excite. And it excited me just from the cover alone. Um, A little bit about Ishta. She um, grew up traveling and eating in places like Brazil, which is where her mum's from. Mm. um, Italy, where she lived as a child. And then Mexico, where her grandfather lived. So she and herself is a real sort of mix of all these different influences. And actually, mezcla itself, the word means mix or blend in Spanish. So it's that real sort of celebration of herself and who she is kind of through her food She um, worked at um, Nopi, which is one of the Ossolenghi restaurants, Mm. um, before then moving over to the Ossolenghi Test Kitchen. And actually, she co-authored the book Flavour, which which, is an incredible book. I mean, those miso butter onions that were like the standout dish. (laughs) Three (laughs) ingredients, just complete genius. I still make them very regularly. Um, But it's a really, really exciting book. So um, what is brilliant about it is that it really combines all of those Italian, Brazilian and Mexican influences, but brings really. in a whole load of other influences as well. Um, it's divided into simpler recipes, and then those to spend more time on, yeah. which is great for people like me who don't have much time, but no, still want to dive like into, to dive into, forward into it. Food.
1: Yeah, And then keep the longer ones for Completely. if you've got a nice like, weekend. To, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, and also over 60% of the book is either vegetarian or easily made vegan. So yeah. really, you know, really sort of, Inclusive of everyone and whatever your dietary needs might be. But um, some of the recipes, and again, they are just full of flavour, like flavour forward in a way that is just completely inspiring. So there's a giant cheese on toast with um, uh, chilli butter. Yeah,
1: hubby um, cheese on toast. Like, <laughs> who doesn't want you know, an
0: amped up
1: yeah. cheese on toast? Giant.
0: The fact that it's called giant cheese on toast, incredible. Yeah. Um, there's a chicken with pineapple and indouya. But the one, this is the one that's just yeah. like grabbed my attention, is... The prawn lasagna with habanero oil. Wow. It's really incredible. So the introduction to this recipe is what I like the most, actually. She talks about how this recipe itself is sort of the ultimate amalgamation of her sort of Italian-ness, with it being lasagna, the habanero oil with it, you know, the sort of Mexican influence. And she talks about another version that she makes of this, which uses a... Sort of Brazilian cheese um, sauce called catapiri, oh, catapiri, nice. yeah. which um, so this is a slightly sort of simplified version of that, mm-hmm. um, but it looks delicious. You sort of makes a prawn ragu, it's mixed through with kind of this cheese sauce, layers of pasta, habanero oil, and then there's a very decadent final flour- uh, final flourish of um, cream and even more habanero oil. Right. It just looks so flavorful, so delicious. Very naughty, but very good.
1: <laughs> and it's t- it's taken something very familiar, isn't it? I Absolutely. like that that we that we know, like the ragu, the lasagna, the layering, and then put in all these different twists and flavors totally. on it. Totally. So you can approach it. You kind of go, I know what I'm, I know what it's going to look yeah. like, but yeah. it's going to be. Uh,
0: but from a flavor perspective, it's just going to throw me in a completely different direction. Yeah. The idea of a prawn ragu itself is just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's got things like. Uh, white miso paste, uh, white wine, um, and she really sort of, a lot of garlic, a lot of cherry tomatoes, a really exciting yeah, book. Yeah, um,
1: you're right though, I had a flick through the book and I remember being like hit in the face by all of these, that's going to you know it's going to jump know. you just You just know, you and, yeah, just know. Fantastic. Yeah. Incredible. Okay, the next one, Um, it's not a new book, but it is from a food legend. It is from an
0: absolute food legend. So this is The Book of Jewish Food by yeah. Claudia Radin. What's really exciting about it is that it was 25 years since this book was published. So uh, this book was first published in 1997. And I mean, she is just sort of the figurehead, revolutionized the way that the West thinks about both Middle Eastern food, Mediterranean food, and then actually just food of the Jewish diaspora Definitely. kind of um, in general. It's an incredible book. The 25th anniversary edition has lots of new content in it. Mm. Um, there's over 800 recipes in it. I was going to say, her.
1: it's huge. It is
0: huge. And you can kind of read it like a storybook. Yeah. It's just, there is so many stories. There is... She has kind of incredible dishes from her native Egypt all the way through to kind of recipes just from across the Jewish diaspora. Mm. Um, And it's really split into kind of the Ashkenazi world and then the Sephardic world as well. So you kind of have things like challah bread and wine poached salmon and then kind of from the Sephardi world, things like tabbouleh falafel. Um... The recipe that really caught my attention is actually from the Sephardic section. Um, It is the chicken with aubergine sauce. Um, Again, it's got a handful of ingredients, but what's incredible about this recipe is that it uses those small number of ingredients in a really sort of, it's almost frugal, but kind of it takes it so, so far. So you sort of have a whole chicken that's kind of poached and then you use the poaching liquor to kind of create a sauce with some aubergine But then with the chicken breasts, you sort of make these chicken balls and then the rest of the chicken is kind of incorporated in. So it's this incredible kind of layered dish. Um, Mm. It's actually Turkish in origin, the dish. Um, It's a sort of traditional dish um, east on the Sabbath in Turkey. And I just love the fact that it's got this simplicity of so few ingredients. So there's like chicken, pepper, onion, bay, almonds, breadcrumbs. Yeah, it really really is
1: isn't it? It's but, all
0: pantry ingredients.
1: But then it's just basically how you prepare it with lots completely. of love and care Absolutely. and like, you know, bringing everything to it. And, um, and I mean, the book itself is like, it's such a huge academic work really, isn't it? So completely. much research must have gone into that.
0: Completely. I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, it was over 16 years of research. And now I think with the new content that's been added to it yeah. uh, 25 years later, I mean, she's just an institution yeah. of a, of a, of a lady, such an ins- I mean, inspiring to so many people, including myself. Yeah. Um and for me, I just love the fact that you know now is a moment to really celebrate 25 years of the book and whatever else Claudia might do next because yeah. she is going still strong. And is, yeah, exactly. And is a you know is it a brilliant voice yeah. still? Maybe, very maybe much in the here.
1: future we can do a um, a podcast looking back at some classic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cookery writers because often you know there's so much content that comes out that you forget about people who've got this back yeah. catalogue of no, incredible totally. stuff.
0: And for me, any excuse to talk about yeah. Julia Child and Fanny Craddock, I am totally I'm there, there. I'm there. <laughs> I am
1: there. <laughs> um, and then on to a new yes. um, a new well a, a cuisine that's getting more and more popular Sri, Sri Lankan Sri
0: Lankan absolutely so this book is called Rambutan yeah. by a brilliant London based chef called uh, Cynthia Shan Magalingham. she is a British Sri Lankan cook uh she grew up in Coventry not far from where I was born in Leicester um she um you know this is a real celebration of her Sri Lankan heritage and the dishes that she grew up sort of with her Tamil family but mm done through her sort of London hackney lens yeah. which is again you know gives it a kind of real interesting twist she's a really innovative exciting chef um there's doing lots of exciting stuff um she's been doing pop-ups at places like uh Diddy Express the Asma Khan restaurant um she did pop-ups at places like Quo Vadis, which mm. is uh, the Jeremy restaurant in um Soho what is incredible about this book is that it's full of stories, it's full of travel, it's got sort of uh, lots of sort of anecdotes from kind of ancient Sri Lankan heritage all the way through to modern kind of, you know, what is happening in Sri Lanka today, which everyone yeah. has seen a lot about in the news. You know, she's really a kind of a, a voice talking about how she feels about all of that and how she reflects on her own Sri Lankan identity. Yeah. And she really also, you know, dives into the heritage of Sri Lankan cuisine, which has got influences that are sort of from Java, from Malay indian influences arab yes. influences and actually the british influences she really does yeah. you know she talks really a lot about that it's a beauty i mean it's a beautiful it book. photography beautifully shot as
1: well is isn't it totally stunning. so lovely
0: um some of the recipes there is a coconut dal with kale which is just delicious looking yeah. um there's a cashew nut curry um a pickled pork curry and there's this incredible dessert which is called a i think it's a ravana cake or a vavana cake um, which oh. I think is going to blow up Instagram this summer because it really? just looks incredible. I missed that
1: one. What does it look like?
0: Uh, it's kind of this sort of really incredible sponge that's just covered in coconut.
1: Okay, lovely. And it
0: just, it's like a salad. <laughs> sell- if you like coconut, this is like the one.
1: Yeah. Speaking of coconut though, the recipe
0: that's really caught my attention is the black coconut pineapple mm, curry. sounds incredible. Uh, so this is a vegan recipe. Um, again, it. It looks like it has lots of ingredients in it, but it actually, when you break it down, it's actually a really simple recipe. So what she does is she starts by making a black spice mix. Mm. Now, the black spice mix has got things like curry leaves, cinnamon, coriander, black pepper, cumin, fenugreek, fennel seeds, and they're sort of toasted to the point just before birth. Oh, really? So you have to be <laughs> so very, So you have to very be careful. very, very careful because you yeah. don't want all those bitter tannins to start coming in. But she just takes you right to that point. And then what's added to give a kind of extra sort of toasted, sort of roasty flavor Mm. is um, toasted coconut, which is again taken to just before Mm. it burns. That's what's really interesting about this is that she's making you think about something like coconut, Mm. taking it to that point, but you almost use it as a seasoning.
1: Seasoning, yeah. So
0: in the same way that you might use like a smoked salt, or you might Mm. add some kind of like black cardamom or something to give that smoky quality... That's kind of what happens here. Um, I love it. It's really simple. After the spice mix is made, she sort of caramelizes um, chunks of pineapple, which is sort of cooked really gently with sort of uh, green chilies, a bit of ginger, some more curry leaves. The black spice mix is added. Um, and then it's just finished off with a little bit of apple cider vinegar, um, which kind of gives it that final That's tang. Crazy, yeah. Super simple um, in terms of you know, there's quite a few ingredients, but actually you it once you've got great, them in the pan, you oh, don't yeah, really do much exactly, with them. Yeah. And it's so unique and yeah. sound you know, it's kind of kind of got this sort of sweet sour, very Sri Lankan uh, sort of flavor profile, and oh. um, definitely one I want to try this summer.
1: Mm. And talking of seasoning, seasoning. our next yes. book is all about it one is, of the big seasonings. It is
0: the biggest season of all, Sea Salt. Uh, and the book is called Sea Salt. Uh, it is by the Lee Wilson family, who are the people behind Hallenmon Hallen Mon Sea Salt mm-hmm. uh, in Anglesey, Wales. Um, they've been making their sea salt for over 20 years. It's an incredible family run business. Um, I've actually visited there and the setup they have is just such a sort of joyful, wonderful, sort of family run kind of enterprise. The entire family is in it. And what I love is that this book is the the authors on the cover are the Lee Wilson family. And you really get a sense (laughs) of that. So it's a proper
1: family cookbook. It really is a family cookbook.
0: Um, They partnered with um, another incredible food writer actually called Anna Shepard on this recipe Oh yeah,
1: she's great.
0: Who is brilliant. Um, And really what this is, it's called Sea Salt, a perfectly seasoned cookbook. And it really... Does give you a kind of deep dive into what perfect seasoning can do for your food yeah. in terms of elevating it, um and you know they, they educate you about things like salt crystals and how different places well, if the different places that you can add salt into a recipe will kind of impact. Mm.
1: Depend on where you put it in and where, how you put where it, in, it yeah.
0: is when you put it in where it is whether it's meat whether it's vegetables whether it's tomatoes whether it's onions they really kind of explain that but in a really accessible way. Mm. Um, There's quite a lot about brining and pickling and curing. And the recipes are just so flavor forward and vibrant. Um, A couple that kind of really grabbed my attention. There's a citrus and bitter leaf salad with ricotta, which just looks incredible. Um, A fermented chili and spring onion fish cake. um, And then there's a dark chocolate and rum truffle tart. That sounds good. (laughs) But the one. This is the recipe. And again, this is another one that I think is going to blow up Instagram. Because the minute I saw the picture of it, I was just... i was captivated by it um (laughs) it's a vanilla and raspberry creme brulee
1: nice
0: um so what again as with the kind of lasagna we were talking about that ishta did yeah a creme brulee is just universally loved yeah i mean everyone knows and loves a creme brulee so the three interesting twists about this are firstly there are kind of smushed up raspberries in the base which is just such a wonderful treat to have it's at the bottom so which is as well. so summery um you can use fresh berries you can use um frozen berries and actually for me it's inspired me to think about other fruits you could put in you mm. know like passion fruit or mango whatever oh, it might be so just this idea of having this fruity layer um the custard itself is infused with vanilla and bay oh,
1: i love bay custard oh, i, love ba- I totally
0: love bay custard but then the kind of killer twist is that um the sort of crunchy crackling topping topping is not just sugar it's a salted sugar crunch top so again it's just bringing in that extra layer of flavor and teaching you how actually seasoning something like a creme brulee can just elevate it to something completely
1: different i can taste it i, I know the <laughs> the crunchier because i'm a salt fiend i mean i think most people who work in food are oh, they, totally they? i They're mean our tolerance addicts. to salt <laughs> and we're all crisp addicts it's so <laughs> but yeah i love that one. um
0: yeah really exciting book and again it's another one that's just totally beautiful the cover itself um i think was done by uh jess who's one of the lee wilson family and i think it's some marbling that she herself did so beautiful
1: yeah. Um, and then on to, to more big flavors. Um, this one is, um, by Hassan Sameh. It is. Um, also known as Big Hass. Known as Big Hass. Uh, YouTube sensation. (laughs) Absolute (laughs) YouTube
0: sensation. So, um, Big Hass, he is a half Turkish Cypriot, half British chef. Total YouTube sensation. He, um, has this thing he does on YouTube every Sunday called Sunday Sessions. I am an obsessive fan of it. Do you watch it? <laughs>
1: yeah, I watched it's it. It's so, good fun. It's He's sitting it's so in his garden fun. shouting at his family. It is <laughs> pretty much that.
0: I mean it is really chaotic yeah. and just full of energy yeah. and often quite sweary, but very it's very a bit
1: sweary. Friendly. But there's a real love of cooking. There, oh, there's isn't an there,
0: absolute really? joy. Yeah. So I mean, he's a really interesting, um, a really interesting chef himself. I mean, he left school, tried his hand at things like plumbing and security, and then eventually got accepted um, to Jamie Oliver's Fifteen program. Oh, wow. So he really kind of learned the ropes from that program. But then he actually went on to restaurants uh, like Palatino and Sardine. Amazing.
1: Very trendy restaurants. Really trendy yeah. restaurants.
0: And like Palatino in particular yeah. was sort of creating some of the most incredible pasta in, in the city when mm-hmm. it opened. So... That's really where he learned his craft. And it all really comes through in this book. So the book's called Big Cass Home. Um, It's a celebration of the recipes and the people that made him today. So there's a lot that covers kind of the nostalgic Turkish Cypriot classics he grew up with. Um, There's a lot of barbecuing because all of his videos uh, on youtube <laughs> whether it's rain or shine he's sitting
1: in his garden he is doing sitting it. in his garden around
0: a barbecue and you, again um but then there's also a lot of kind of modern med- mediterranean stuff so stuff yeah. that he would have kind of you know taken from palatino and sardine so some of the recipes which just sound delicious mm. and again the names of the recipes there's a grilled buttermilk chicken thigh with chamoula yes. sounds delicious mm. a flame licked steak with a salsa verde um and actually there's also some incredible desserts in this as well um The one that's kind of caught my eye is the poached chicken spaghetti. Yeah. Um, Again, this is a recipe which has very few ingredients, but it's so clever with how it uses those ingredients and is so sort of flavor forward with that, that it's just like, it's astonishing to even imagine that all of that could even, that flavor could be made with so few ingredients. So effectively, again, it's taking a whole chicken that then sort of gets poached, but then some of the chicken gets, the stock gets used to cook the spaghetti. Yeah. The chicken is then sort of um is sort of fried to kind of give it a to sort get of a the crisp. crisp Absolutely. Yeah. So bringing out more of that flavour. But then it's finished off with halim cheese mint
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um either chili flakes or what he recommends using is Turkish ketchup uh, and uh, lots of salt, lots of pepper. I've never
1: had Turkish ketchup. Oh, I have never had Turkish ketchup. Okay, and I this, and have...
0: I'm going to get some just to make this <laughs> recipe. Um in his own words, uh finished with some spicy Turkish ketchup. It sounds rank, but it bangs. Promise. So. <laughs> I also,
1: I like I like the fact he uses the intro to say, um, my mum used to make this and it wasn't very good. It wasn't good
0: very good. <laughs> this is my take <laughs> on it. i a the hell out exactly. of the chicken, so
1: I've just done it for, you know.
0: Exactly. He's,
1: he's like, fair enough. She's totally. tried it and she likes it. So. But
0: I think this is, what, what actually excites me about this book, Um, along with actually the Rambutan book we were talking about earlier, yeah. is it's people taking the food of their heritage. So in Big Hass's case, him being mm. half um, Turkish Cypriot in, um, Cynthia's case being kind of Sri Lankan and then giving their twist on it yeah. based on their London lives today yeah, yeah. and I just love that it's kind of taking ownership of of that desperate cuisine and going well this is what I've then done with it yeah, and continuing and also the saying, story
1: you know I don't have to be like I don't have to revere it I, no. can, I can I can say look mum I think if we did this to it, we could improve it. There's you know? <laughs> nothing wrong with it. And Big Cass's case saying,
0: actually, mine's better yeah. than my mum's, which is a bold claim to make. But no, I love that. Exactly. It's actually continuing the story. It's yeah. celebrating it through putting your own twist on I it. love Which that. I love. Yeah.
1: And on to another single ingredient. There's a yes. lot of, it's very trendy at the minute to do single ingredient it is. It is. Um, is. recipe book, isn't it?
0: It's Tomato mm. by Claire Thompson. Mm. Uh, she is a chef and food writer who's based in Bristol. Um, she's another Instagram sensation. Yeah, great. I love her videos it's um five o'clock
1: april on instagram she is actually. five o'clock
0: april on, um, on instagram so she really is a champion of kind of delicious flavor forward family mm. cooking she has this brilliant no waste ethos her instagram videos are like an absolute joy to watch what i love is that she often has her daughters involved um in the videos and she does this thing where she makes lunchbox snacks for her kids and what she proves is that actually even for kids you don't need to compromise on flavor no. you if anything should do the opposite you should bombard them with yeah, delicious flavored potatoes. yeah I j- and I, I know i love i love the way that she yeah. um celebrates all of that this is um 80 recipes all about tomatoes That's um it celebrates you know, what she calls the extraordinary world of tomatoes yeah but what's great about this is that it's not just fresh in-season tomatoes no. which are obviously peak in season right now it actually also talks about canned bottled and pureed varieties so really yeah. it's about Celebrating tomatoes through the year. Let's
1: face it, who hasn't got one of those in their store cupboard at the minute? I've got loads. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm always on the lookout for. What can I do with? Well, exactly. Or also, like, what are the really good for? You know, what are the ones that I should be looking out for? I'm always trying to find those like nice, extra rich tomatoes that can give my sauces that bit of umph.
0: Some of the recipes that really grab my attention. There's a peach tomato and feta salad, uh, which just looks completely delicious. Mm. Um, She has a sort of carpaccio of tomatoes with tapenade, a gazpacho nacho a really delicious pasta sauce which is tomato sausage nutmeg and mascarpone i just love that combination but the one that's caught my attention um now when i first saw these three words written in the same recipe my mind was blown (laughs) roasted tomato Falafel.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering how does that work? Genius.
0: Complete <laughs> genius. So, what she does is sort of roasts tomatoes for sort of 25 minutes, yeah. um, which really intensifies them, brings out all the sweetness, all the tartness. And actually, tomatoes are just full of umami, especially when you kind of get them to that really sort of roasted sort of um, point. And then those roasted tomatoes are just added to the mix with loads of herbs, mm. um, the chickpeas she uses, ground coriander, um, ground cumin, some sweet paprika. And then they're fried off and served with a tomato yoghurt, lots of pickles. She'll get
1: that bright. She says they're brick red. They're brick and I red. think for this, you would have to go down the um, the um, the classic way of making falafel, which is with dried chickpeas. Yeah, I think so. Because I think if you try to use it tinned, you, they'd be too mushy, wouldn't they? I think
0: they would if you're going to add that extra kind of roasted tomato yeah, element yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, um, sure. But it's just, it's such an exciting way of kind of bringing that extra level of fla- flavour yeah. into falafels. Again, something that's just so universally loved, but... Gives you that extra flavour twist. Um, and again, something that you could do kind of year round with um, out-of-season tomatoes as well.
1: Gorgeous. And finally, I can't believe we've got through it. We've got through, through it. <laughs> through so yes. quickly, well done. Um, but not least is um, Kintai. Um, yes. Which is a gorgeous book by John Chantasarak. Is that right? John- I think it's Chantarasak. Chantarasak, sorry. <laughs> sorry, John.
0: Uh, so, um, yeah, John's a really incredible, brilliant, again, really innovative chef. He is half Thai, half British, um, and trained at the Cordon Bleu in uh, Bangkok. Mm. Um, he then actually worked at a restaurant called Nam, which is, I think, considered one of yeah. the most, sort of, it's one of the most highly regarded <clears throat> Thai restaurants in the world. But then sort of in, in the meantime, in the UK, has been doing incredible things with his um, sort of pop-up, pop-up residences yeah. called Anglo-Thai. Uh, and again, he really celebrates this idea of being, half Thai and half British and the fact that, you know, he's a sort of hybrid amalgamation of all these things and he's really celebrating his identity through yeah. his cooking and I kind of love that. Um, kin thai itself translates to eat Thai um, and this is a collection of 80 recipes, some that are lesser well-known but some which are kind of more popular kind of Thai dishes that you might know. There's loads of snacks, relishes, curries, stir-fries and salads. Um some of the recipes that really caught my attention are the roast duck and lychee red curry. That sounds gorgeous. Which sounds delicious. Um there's a coconut and galangal sorry, coconut and galangal soup with wild mushrooms. So <laughs> the one recipe that I think everyone needs to try for the summer is the grilled beef ribeye with waterfall salad. Gorgeous. How delicious does that sounds. So this is um A grilled ribeye that is marinated in things um, like uh, fish sauce, sugar, white pepper. It's then sort of cooked on a char grill, And the waterfall, the idea of the waterfall comes from the fact that as the meat grills, the sort of fat and juices that are on the meat drip down onto the coals and then the smoke comes back up Um, and kind of infuses the meat. So it's this idea of kind of the dripping juices going onto the hot coals, which is what the waterfall is it's so poetic i just love the whole idea of it uh, being called the waterfall it's then sort of mixed in with the salad which is kind of full of uh things like coriander mint red onion lemongrass lime leaves looks really tangy mm. really charred really flavorful you know a great one for barbecues That's that lovely
1: fresh zing on top of totally. all of those amazing absolutely herbs.
0: um and then it's finished with toasted rice powder oh, which yeah, gives which is- kind of
1: gives that real authentic Thai flavour doesn't it completely
0: yeah. and again another completely beautiful book I mean it's one of the most stunning yeah. covers I think I've seen um, and again a real sort of flavour punch of yeah. a recipe book which... and a
1: great example of publishers allowing totally. the authors to be who they are completely. rather than trying to push them into you know, a preconceived idea completely. of what Thai food is Completely. lovely so many brilliant books there but...
0: I know I'm really hungry now <laughs> reading all <one> of that <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for coming to share all that today. It's been brilliant chatting to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.